This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 23rd edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher in emergency mode. We have big news in the NBA. Carmel Anthony is a thunder uh, with a Presto Changeo with Sam Presti once again making a crazy deal. Uh, with me to break it down is the man. Uh, I couldn't pick a better guy to have it on. Is Tommy Beer. What's up, man? What's up, brother? Not much. <laughs> well, a lot. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm stunned, man. Uh, I, I'm just gonna hand this over to you. Uh, you're you're a Knicks guy. Uh, big. Uh, I'm jealous of you every day for going to. Top-notch pizza spots, Defara for life, uh, all, all those places, man. Uh, I'm gonna hand it to you. Go ahead and uh, wax poetic, poetic on this. How do you feel about this for the Knicks? And even before we get into fantasy, like, how are you feeling Listen, right now? We got good bagels, very good pizza, <laughs> but a terrible basketball team. Two terrible basketball teams, for that matter, in New York. And in the in the product and the quality of basketball in New York only got worse as of noon, as of about an hour ago. Um, you know, I understand that the Knicks were, you know, their kind of backs were against the wall, obviously, with Carmelo holding the no trade clause and kind of holding that over the Knicks head. Um, that being said, um, there wasn't a, a rush to move him. You know, worst case scenario, if you want to call that, Carmelo is grumpy and unhappy all season and the Knicks lose a lot of ball games. Um, but they still get a top pick in the 2018 draft and add a piece to build around uh, Porzingis and then have uh, Melo's money come off the books. You assume next summer he wasn't going to opt into the Knicks contract. You would think he'd want to leave as soon as possible. Um, you know, so this trade doesn't make sense in that respect. Um, Enos Cantor's, uh, you know, a net negative. He's been a net negative throughout his entire career. You know, tremendously skilled offensively. Um, but as far as on the defensive end, um, is a sieve. Um, Doug McDermott has opportunities, has had opportunities to kind of show and prove both in Chicago and at the tail end with OKC last season. Didn't do much. Um, I understand the Bulls pick is uh, the, the, the coming over is enticing. Um, it's, a, it's a quality pick. It'll probably be within the first five picks of the, uh, the second round uh, it, with a chance of it being 31st overall. The Bulls are that bad. Um, Las Vegas has them dead last in projected wins. There you go. So it, it certainly would make sense that it you know would be near the very top of the second round. Who knows what happens there in Chicago? Um, so and some some teams even prefer to have a top second round pick. You know, say thirty second, thirty first overall, as opposed to the twenty ninth or twenty ninth pick in the first round due to contractual obligations um, and locking in uh, you know first round picks, etc. Have a little more flexibility in terms of what you do with the second rounder. Um, that being said, um, it's hard to view it as a win for New York. Um, uh, just for the fact that, uh, you know, that, that they, in, in terms of talent, got, you know, maybe 20 cents, 30 cents in the dollar. Um, if you're looking for a bright side from the Knicks perspective, um, Knicks fans now have the opportunity to kind of really scout the top picks in the, in the 2018 draft because uh, there's a decent chance. Even with Melo, they weren't going to be good. Um, but with Doug McDermott and a crowded front court, 
um, you know, with Ains Cantor and, and, and Hernan Gomez and knowing those guys, um, yeah, the Knicks have a chance to be certainly one of the five worst teams in the NBA next season. Um, they're going to have a tough time scoring the ball. They're going to have a really tough time stopping guys. Um, defensively, they're going to be terrible. Um, and also, they have no point guard. Um, so it's hard to be optimistic about the Knicks' chances certainly next season. But, um, maybe they, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they, they get lucky, um, get lucky in the lottery. Uh, we won't have the reform until, you know, 2018, 19 at the earliest. Um, so they get a top five pick and kind of get a player to build around Chris Stapps, who, you know, this is now it's, it's Chris Stapps Porzingis' time. The era has begun. Hopefully Frank Nielakina develops into something positive and encouraging um, when you get a pick to kind of surround those guys. You know, as a Nick fan, that's kind of what you're hoping at this stage of the game. Yeah, man. Uh, everything you said, 100%. Uh, I, I, honestly, uh, the first thing I thought was, like, what is going on with teams trading superstars and getting just scraps back? Like, Sam Hinkie is alive, but had he been dead, he'd be rolling over his grave right now. Like, what are you doing? Why are you getting, like, Ennis Cantor? Get a draft pick. Come on, man. You really can't get a draft pick, even if it's, like, 2027 or whatever. Like, get a... How about, how about this? That from the OKC Sam Presley side, they turned Oladipo, yeah. Sabonis... Um, uh, Cantor and Doug McDermott into Paul George, Paul freaking George, yeah. and Carmelo Anthony. They, they flip those four guys. Yeah. You know two, that's how you how you construct the roster. Yes, it's a chance they'll leave next summer, but God dang, that's a good thing. nothing. That's, that's not going to hurt you long term whatsoever, man. We like you said, Cantor is a net negative, especially defensively. Um, big winner, I think, in fantasy, by the way. Um, yes. But. I mean, you're not missing any. Like, obviously, Old Depot hurts. I'm a Depot guy. I'm one of our favorite fantasy draft picks. But, jeez, but, but, but from the OKC standpoint, his contract was certainly yeah. not favorable. Right? No, they they won this. Like, when you're yes. winning a trade, they, I mean, there's no one saying, "Oh, OKC gave up." There's not a single person who knows a damn thing about basketball saying they gave up too much. Like, they gave up very, very little to get these guys. And I mean, the the Kyrie thing looks really good. Kyrie's better than, you know, obviously far better than Melo, but he's not better than Paul George and Jimmy Butler. And for the Cavs to get what they got, when, when, to your point, what other teams have gotten for, you know, quote-unquote superstar players, is it makes it that much more remarkable. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler do as well, which yep, we'll yep. see. Um, again, I will say this, that if they would have taken Dennis Smith Jr., it would have looked a little better. But, um, man, yep. what's marketing? Um, Euro, you talk about uh, Olympic Melo. Eurobasket marketing is pretty tight. <laughs> So, he looked good. He looked. It wasn't just the points either. Just the way he played, aggressiveness, and you know, attacking yeah, the rim and stuff like he that. He's great. I, I've I've had Market and Pi of all the mocks I've done. I probably come away with him like eighty five percent of the time. Like I always draft him. I want um, a lot of Market and shares. Yeah, man. That that and this is like my two brands this season for fantasy drafts are get bigs early and draft uh, young players on bad teams late. That's yep. how I'm yep. gonna live my life in every draft I do. Um, okay, so I the, again if, from a fantasy perspective, which I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this, that's why you're here. Uh, so appreciate that. Obviously, uh, the first thing I thought was like Paul George is a loser. Um, this guy has been going late second. I'm a little scared. I mean, you're going from a guy who was a 29 usage rate guy to adding Carmelo and obviously Westbrook set the record uh, at 40.8 usage rate. Um, which is more than um, basically Todd Gurley for you fantasy football guys. And, <laughs> and uh, Carmelo Anthony at 29. So you're talking about a 30 guy, another 30 guy, and a 40 guy. Hmm, do the math on that. You know, someone's got to take shots away. 
And Mellow, we talked about... I don't think ISO Mellow is quite a thing anymore. And again, Mellow is a tremendous spot-up shooter. So if I'm I'm not drafting Paul George, I mean, I've seen him... I had him, I think, at like 27. And he's always going like 20, 28. And I haven't bumped him down yet. But like, I probably wouldn't even draft him in the third round at this point. Where, where, do you, where are you feeling for Paul George? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you make a point. Those Carmelo, Westbrook, and George were all in the top 20 in usage rate in the NBA last season. It's got to be the first time in history, right, where a team where three guys were in the top 20 one season and on the same team the next yeah, season. Got to be. Well, that, so, I, 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 although uh, Westbrook and Kevin Durant were 1 2 uh, for a couple good of years. Point. But still, third per- but yeah, that adding a third person is, is just massive. Yeah, yeah, it's sheer math. Like you mentioned, 40, 30, and 30, you got to get down to 100. You know, you got to carve that up somehow, some way. Um, so I agree with you. I think, um, you know, George is, 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 is a loser here. Um, it's going to be difficult for him. Obviously, he wasn't going to get close to the number of, of shots, shot attempts, and, and touches that he was with Pacers, just with Westbrook on the squad. Um, you know, I, I think assists, he, he, he's going to find mellow. Um, and as you mentioned, um, Olympic mellow um, it will will land in in, in OKC and he's he's he, you know as a spot up shooter this guy can you know shoot lights out um, so he's definitely going to be able to um, you know put up solid points but you know his numbers going to come down as well but I think of the three Westbrook's still going to be all right um, you know we'll see how his rebound numbers you know uh, Mello's not a you know strong rebounder anyway so Westbrook should be able to um, you know you know continue a high rebound rate so um, as well as straight where are we at okay let's talk about Westbrook who. I bumped down one spot in my nine cat ranks because of the PRP treatment. Although Sam Presti admitted that it was the other knee, um, yeah. he had said it was his right knee, which was a three time surgically repaired or not procedure, quote unquote. Um, it was the other knee, so that's kind of a positive, I guess. But still, it's not good. So I bumped him. I bumped him down a little bit, but even this now. Yeah, again, he is just pure, pure volume. Again, to stick with the football thing, he's basically a guy that gets the ball like 40 times a game. Um, he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. It's just just massive output. So that's going away. Like He's not going to be... If we had to pick... Okay, so over-under usage rate at 33.5. Where are you at on that one? On Westbrook? Yeah. I'll still take the over. Yeah, I think so too. Just because the turnover is going to be crazy. Yeah. But then, okay, so what about scoring? Uh, he was last year, uh, just to get the specifics on his, uh, he was 32 a game, um, 11 boards, 10.4 assists. It's still ridiculous. We're just, just saying that, that sentence you just said. Yeah. Is still- <laughs> it's just crazy how much volume this guy has, man. But the knee injury and all this, like, and again, I, and I said yesterday with the pod with Ryan that there's the big eight guys. Uh, and he's kind of at the back end of that now. Uh, and I feel even more, and again, if you're new to the pod, uh, the big eight guys are Cat, Giannis, Harden, Westbrook, Durant, Curry, AD, uh, who am I missing? And, and yeah, I think that, did I say eight? Anyways, oh, Kawhi as well. Um, he's at the back air. I, I have him kind of firmly at number seven in nine cat because he's going to kill you in two categories. Do we think that maybe this will help his field goal? He was the worst player. For a field goal percentage, just because his volume at forty two and a half percent, could he be a better shooter with these guys around him? I think so. It'll create space. I mean, obviously, you know, more wide open looks from distance. 
Um, but he, he's not. He, he's never been a great, you know, distant shooter. This could create more opportunities in the basket because um, teams are going to have to sag off. Of, you know, whereas they would crowd the paint in the past because you know nobody could burn them. Um, you cannot have guys um, sag off Mello and, and Paul George because they will burn you from the outside. Mm. So certainly, I would think uh, you know two or three more open, you know, closer shots in the basket, uncontested shots at the rim next season going forward. But you know, of those eight, I'd have them firmly in the back, and I just don't think I'm going to get them. Uh, I don't think I'm going to draft many leagues somebody will take them five six seven eight um i i don't think i'll be that guy um as you mentioned that the, the prp injections um injuries will find you in fantasy so i, I try not to chase injuries yeah. um we, we will make exceptions i have andrew luck on, on a roster right now so, uh. <laughs> so uh you know I, I i don't always listen to my own advice um, <laughs> but you know, that being said um you know it, it's just it's one of those things when you factor in all these uncertainties um, it's going to take some time. These guys getting used to each other. Um, you know, he stayed healthy last season as aggressively as he played. Is he going to be able to do that this season? Um, it's just uh, I'm probably going to pet. Listen, if he falls the second round, I'm going to take him. But I right. won't. No, he won't. There's no way. Yeah, he won't fall. He won't fall past eight. There's no way. Agreed. And like, and my big point yesterday with Ryan was, I have AD firmly ahead of Westbrook right now. Like, if I'm sitting there and AD and after Giannis and Kat and KD are gone, Curry as well, and I'm sitting there looking at AD or Westbrook, I'm taking AD every time, which is crazy because I'm scared to draft AD. Like, that's a plunge and a half. Um, Again, the 75 games is the flukiest 75-game season of all time for going to the locker room. What He went to the locker room like seven times in like a two-week span or something. (laughs) But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if he played in 70 games, he was questionable for 74. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We know. We know. <laughs> for for all the blurbs we've done for this guy yes. being so questionable. But um, just to hammer home your Westbrook point, he's not a great guy. Um, wide open shots, uh, 55.0 effective field goal percentage is kind of a little below average. You should be closer to 60. Um, he's not a great shooter. Uh, so that's the thing. I don't really see him. This is clearly a loss for him. Yes. So that's really three losses for Westbrook, who again was just dominant. Um, so I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm pretty sure I won't have Westbrook on a single team this year. Uh, Ryan dropped a quote unquote guarantee he won't drop, he won't draft Ben Simmons. I'm pretty close to saying guaranteeing, unless I'm in a points league. But if I'm picking first, I probably still won't take him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many bad things, man. Like, like, like with a deep, like with old. I always talk about Oladipo. We underestimated that negative for Westbrook, and like the, all these negatives, man, you got it. You just you can't do it. Like I can't, I can't deal with all these negatives. Agreed. We're on the same page. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we haven't talked about Melo yet. Um, Olympic Melo. Maybe OKC could change their uniforms to have like some red in them or something instead of the <laughs> orange and roll that way. Um, do you see the new uh, the new uniforms they have, by the way? Um, the unveiling with the the dark. Blue and stuff—they're pretty sweet. Yeah, I like them. I, I really like the wolves ones. The the, the, the ones. The wolves you like the neon, huh? You like the your uh, neon Dion prime time Tommy beer? Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I, I I've been trying to do. I haven't. I think I didn't do it yet. I want to do like um a shot chart for Carl Anthony Towns over the jersey with like the bright green. That's how nice Carl Towns is gonna be. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Melo again. Okay, now so Mel, uh, I talked about the fifty-five percent effective field goal percentage with Westbrook wide open on ten feet or further, farther. Uh, Melo sixty-three percent. So Melo, when Melo's open, he will murder you. 
Um, so he he's not as big of a loser as you would think. You don't have to worry about him resting, which would have been a massive concern had he stayed, which wasn't going to happen regardless. But last year, that's why we didn't draft him. We worried about his knee and all that. Um, I'm probably still not drafting him. Uh, he's gone. I, I've seen him fluctuate. I've seen him go fifth round. I've seen him go seventh round, and I'm still not taking him, man. I just can't do it. This guy doesn't really do much on defense. He's not a great rebounder. Uh, his, his assists really aren't going to be there. I, I, I'm just not feeling mellow. Like he's a, a Trevor Ariza without the steals, really, at this point. Uh, it depends on where he falls. If he falls to seven, I'm going to think long and hard. You know, yeah. even late six. Um, like as you mentioned, I think his field goal percentage will take a boost um, now that he's playing yeah. alongside those guys. Um, I think his turnovers drop a little bit. He won't have to create plays as often and as frequently as he did in New York. Um, you know, out of that ISO, um, you know, two dribble and try to find somebody. And he's a little bit better passer than people give him credit for when he's so inclined. Um, so I think his assists, you know, playing with those guys, finding Westbrook on cuts, um, skipping cross court passes to Paul George, who can knock down open threes. Um, Enos Cantor at the rim, you know, alley oops, you know, when he, if and when he gets the in and around the basket. Um, so I think for the prices, right? Again, I don't expect him to have a big, you know, uh, certainly not a, not a big season, and his you know scoring is going to drop a little bit. Um, but you know, he's one of I think he's one of th- three or four guys in NBA history to average at least twenty points in each of his first thirteen seasons. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can get to twenty points per game in his, in his 14th. Um, but yeah, so I, I and I think he will. So I think he'll be around the twenty point per game mark. Um, rebounds could be an issue. Um, but, you know, if again, if the price is right, six, you know, seventh round, seventh round, if he's floating around out there, um, depending on what else is on the board, roster composition, et cetera, um, I'd be willing to take a chance on him. All right. Also, so, go ahead. Uh, but it just, you know, if and if and when, um, you know, if there was any other injury issues with Westbrook and George, um, his, his numbers would skyrocket, too. And the other thing, as you mentioned, resting is out of question. Um, and if anything, he'll probably be more motivated to, to play. He did play a lot of minutes last year for New York. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, he's ranked 64th. He's coming to OKC with a chip on his shoulder. We know that. Um, his, his window is limited as far as elite, you know, player. Um, say what you want. We also got to we'll, – speaking of new uniforms, will OKC allow hoodies on their uniforms? <laughs> I'm taking them to, like, the second or third. The second or third? No. If they allow hoodies on it, on the Dude, get hoodie mellow over a cat all day. No <laughs> um, okay, so Ryan and I, all of a sudden, it turned into like a Harry B pimp pod because while we were talking, we realized that Harry B, he bumped up his free throw percentage ten percent, and he was pretty much consistent throughout the year. He was really solid from the field throughout the season. He had one kind of semi subpar month, so. And I'm looking at my rankings here, and I see, and I haven't adjusted them yet. And I'm seeing Mello and Harry B in the in the same neighborhood. Would you sound like you're more bullish on Mello? I would take Harry B over Mello. I would take Gary Harris. I would take Simmons, who I'm probably not trying. I would take Tim Hardaway Jr. over Mello, which we'll get to. Um, I would take Tobias Harris. I, I would take Avery Bradley. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I would take. Over Melo. So any of those guys that I just named that you would put Melo over? Yeah, I think I'm on the I, I would take Gary Harris definitely over Melo. Um, 
Tobias Harris, I'd be in the fence on. Barnes, I'd be in the fence on. Who's on the, the, on the fence, you would, you would have to take him. I, I, hands down, I would take Harry B over Mello right now. I, I mean, I probably would, but I, I'd consider it. I, I don't know. I guess I'll be interested to see how they play in the preseason. I'm worried yeah. about Barnes regressing a little bit. I'm just not as high as Barnes. I think you know, in, in, during his second season in in in, uh, in Dallas, I think they'll kind of kind of kind of spread the offense out around a little bit more. I think you know, um, DSJ is going to get obviously more touches, more looks, yep. and you know, kind of eat it. To Barnes production a little bit. Yep. Uh, any any other guys? Uh, let's see. We'll, let's throw some other names out there. Uh, okay, my, my boy, a guy I've come away with every time. I, I would take, and this sounds so crazy for a guy who's watched Carmelo play for so long. I would take Tareen Prince over Melo. Is that wrong? I feel so dirty saying that, but I would. <laughs> I like Tareen Prince. I'm, I'm a high on him. I think he's going to put up great numbers, um, but I'm not ready to take him over a guy like Melo. I know. Tim Hardaway was another guy you said I'd probably lean Melo. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, Simmons is a guy. I'd probably take Simmons ahead of Melo. Um, so those are the, but that's definitely the range. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm not definitely not looking to invest heavily in Mellow, but I, I probably want a couple shares, maybe just because I'm so damn interested. I, I <laughs> right. Watch, you know what I'm saying? Just to have a piece of that team. Um, I think it's just going to be a fascinating. I mean, I, we, we don't have to talk about it here on the Finney, but the fact that Russell Westbrook, Paul George and Carmelo basically in their primes are playing on the same team and they're not even close to the top team in their conference, let alone yeah. are they top three? You know, it's just it's fascinating. Next season's going to be amazing. I, the NBA, man, it, it's just. Oh, my God. I, I, I love football and I've been covering football at times for Rotor World when they need help, but. Uh, they got nothing on, on the NBA. They got nothing. Like, oh my god. Um, okay, what else, uh, let's wrap up OKC side of this. Uh, I mean, Steve, I don't really see anybody else really losing on the OKC side. I mean, these I, guys are going to score. I kind of like Patrick Patterson as a sleeper. I'm worried about him getting knocked down a bit now. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he's a scoring guy, so he's not. He's a scoring guy. You know, I, I think Melo's going to play a lot of stretch four. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, which you know, as we talk about, you know, and I and I, that, to me, that's where he's always been his most productive. His 2012-13, the year the Knicks won um, 54 games, was his best year, certainly in New York, arguably of his career. Um, put up terrific numbers that season as the stretch four, which is what he's always should have played. He didn't want to bang with stretch fours defensively. Um, that was always a bone of contention for Knicks coaches and Mello in New York. Um, but him playing stretch four, I think, is another reason why he's going to put up big numbers next season in OKC. But it's also a reason why um, Patterson was a guy who kind of had highlighted as a late-round sleeper in deep leagues, um, a guy that can knock down three-pointers. But I think his minutes get reduced now. He's also a guy dealing with an injury, uh, a knee scope. Um, so uh, he's a guy that I think takes a little bit of a, a loss here with the with the mellow trade. So if they're going to start all three, um, that means their starting lineup would be Westbrook, Robertson, Mello, George, and Adams, right? Like that's the way you got to I, I go. think yeah. that's what I makes sense to me. And then yeah. they'll kind of cross match wherever you know George and, and Mello on different right, players right. and they're playing against because uh, that's going to force you to, to match up with them, basically. Right, for sure. That's. Very. I feel like they may be if they could stay healthy. Their starting five is probably going to play a lot together. Yes. Like I don't really see them staggering guys a lot. Um, they're gonna. They're gonna. I, I don't. They have to have. You would think two of the three on the floor at all times. You. That's what I would do. Right? And, and you also want Adams on the floor with Melo because you need somebody to kind of clean up his defensive mistakes yeah, at the rim. For sure. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> let's flip to the Knicks. 
Um, we were pretty aggressive on ranking Porzingis because we we knew uh, everyone knew that Melo was gone. So we had him uh, for nine cat. I think at sixteen. So you're talking kind of early uh, second round. Um, I, I had him at eighteen. So now that it's gone, I had um, guys I had ahead of him were Jimmy Butler, DeMarcus Cousins, and then I had Porzingis. I had him over Chris Paul. Um, so how do you feel about Porzingis? Um, he's, his upside is just insane. Blocks, threes. Um, he, I have Miles Turner ahead of him as well. Um, so I, I'll ask you, um, maybe the homer factor or whatever other factors are in here. Would you rather... That, I think that's a big question to share. Because Miles Turner and Chris Stapps are almost identical um, for the opportunity they have right now. So, do you have a preference on the two, or how do you feel about how do you feel about those those guys? Totally, totally agree. I think they're in very similar positions. Turner, with you know, obviously taking up a much larger role now that uh, well, George is in OKC, and obviously with Melo. Right again, both the stars going to OKC. Okay, like it's it's the Spider Man meme yeah. right now. Like they're yeah. like, oh, Miles Turner, Chris, you know, pointing at each other, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably lean KP. I think you're going to probably, if you want Porzingis, you're probably going to have to spend a top 15-ish pick. Yeah. In the I, I don't think it'll last that long. Um, OKC does have Oladipo, um, who I think is kind of going to be the focal point of their offense in a lot of respects. Um, the Knicks don't have a similar player. Um, Tim Hardaway, similar in certain respects, but certainly not. He hasn't proven as much as Oladipo has in the NBA. Um, you know, Knicks have no point guard. Um, you know, Willie Herring Gomez is a solid center. We'll talk about that. Um, but all things considered, I, I think Porzingis um, is going to put up monster numbers, put up monster usage rate. Um, I do worry about his health. Um, he hasn't been incredibly durable over yeah. his first couple NBA seasons, so that's something to consider. Um, will he be able to withstand um, the, the the pounding and, and also the just the, the spotlight? You know, uh, in the Knicks locker room, you know, he's going to be crowded. You know, day in day out. Um, you know, there was some benefit to him. Um, kind of, there was a benefit for him with Melo sticking around New York for another season or half a season, um, just so he could kind of get another few months without being the guy, without being the face of the franchise. Um, but that that time has arrived now, um, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. Certainly didn't end the season on a positive note um, with the Knicks brass, um, but uh, but uh, as far as encore production, he's you know again he's you know, points three pointers. Um, you know, I forget exactly what the numbers, but essentially the first player in, in, in NBA history with 2,000 points, 1,500 rebounds, 300 blocks, and, and 153s, um, something along those lines. Um, so his, his unique skill set is incredible, um, you know, and uh, I only see that continuing to um, take a chance. His field goal percentage might take a little bit of a hit, but it wasn't incredibly high last season. Um, still finished near the top of the league in terms of fantasy rank. Um, and uh, his usage rate's going to climb. Um, rebound rate, you uh, you know everything you could want. I think is going to increase. So um, I'm willing to reach. I'm, I'd, I'd take him ahead of Turner. I'd take him ahead of Chris Paul. Um, and you know, right around that middle of the second round, I'd be willing to reach a little bit um, because, like you said, that he has first round upside. Absolutely, he has top four upside. Uh, both these guys do. Um, yeah. And and when I'm look, when I'm breaking it down, I mean their numbers are again they're so similar. Um, I think that Chris Stapps has him in points. Uh, I think Turner will have him in blocks. I think Turner is going to be kind of two. I think Turner is going to be two point three. I think he's going to be top three or four in the league, uh, and Porzingis could be as well. Um, yep. But I, I think I think what where Turner has him kind of in spades is field goal percentage. He really was outstanding on unassisted plays. So I don't really see his fifty one percent last year 
dropping to below 48-49, where Porzingis at 45 last year, very perimeter shot dependent. Um, he's got some work to do. So uh, Porzingis, for me, has the higher ceiling, and I think that's kind of, like you mentioned, the old depot factor. There's more talent around Turner, which is crazy yeah. for a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, right. yeah, his ceiling's higher, but again, you mentioned that ankle and all that stuff that was going on. He had that lingering hip injury when he came in the league. I, like, I didn't draft Porzingis at all his rookie season because all those hip, hamstring, upper leg injuries that were going on, I was like, ah, I'm good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have Porzingis in a couple leagues, and when I don't get Turner, I have Turner ahead, but... Um, I obviously have no problems drafting, and I, I want I want if I'm picking early, I want those guys so bad coming back. Like if I draft yes. if I draft Cat or Giannis early, I'm begging for Porzingis or Turner. I will take either one gladly. Um, and again, my big brand is draft a big man, um, and these two guys are perfect for what they do. They could just do so much for your team. Um, <laughs> You, you could make the argument now that the ideal landing spot in the first round, maybe middle of that first round, so you get one of the top, you know, seven or eight guys, yeah. and then you also get one of these cats on the way back. Yeah, I mean, it's when I pick, I, I want, I want cats so bad, like I, I will, I, I will eat, I will eat my second round loss to get cat for me. Okay. Um, I mean, eighty-two games both seasons, just unbelievably good percentages. I think his blocks are going up. I'm not worried about his scoring much. I mean, this guy was just incredible, and I don't. I'm, I don't I'm not going to disagree with you. I was, I was looking at his numbers for um you know, for a column this week. He shot 44 percent from three point yeah. range over the second half. Insane, dude. I mean, that is that. I think about that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. that's corporate territory. You know, yeah. that's better than Steph Curry. Yeah, he's he's. I I want Cat so bad. I will eat. I will eat whoever getting the like. I'll take Bradley Beal and Cat over whoever else you get. Right, right, right. And like, I'll get. That's that's been my big. I've had a lot of. Cat Beal McCollum has been one of my favorite moves when I'm picking early. Um, what else we got here? Um, anything else on Porzingis that we? Nah, I think I, we're good. So what's yeah. up, what's up with with uh, i I'll, I'll let you kick off on uh, Hardaway Junior. Uh, how do you feeling about him? Uh, obviously, big boost for him right now. Um, he certainly played well over the second half of last season with Atlanta. Um, you know, 18 points per game, solid percentages. Um, is that the is that the Tim Hardaway Jr. the Knicks are getting, or was it the Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, for the first three and a half years of his career? You know, the Knicks gambled far too much. I think we all would agree overpaid for him. Um, but that's uh, not germane to our conversation right now. Um, as far as his fantasy production next season, um, there's certainly a lot to like there, especially now with Melo um, and his 22 points per game uh, out of the picture. Um, so yeah, I, I think you got to boost him up. You know, a good five or ten, you know, five or ten spots on, in your ranking um, uh, because there's there's certainly a high upside there now. Um, you know, defenses are going to be able to key on him a little bit more. Um, so his field percentage may take a little bit of a hit, um, but, but certainly a lot to like there with with THJ. Yep. Uh, what about Neil Keener and the other next you want to target a great, Like you said, we'll, like we said, Will Hernan Gomez is kind of a loser here uh, with Cantor. So. Preference yeah, that's why I, I thought one of my first thoughts was Willie, who is one of my favorite sleepers, takes a big hit here. 
Because yeah. um, assuming they don't flip Cantor at some point, you know, at the trade deadline or something along those lines, I think that'll probably be the goal. Because right now the Knicks have way too many, you know, bigs up front. You know, they've got $72 million invested in the guy. They want to try to at least get some production out of him. Um, he's also a locker room leader. So, um, you know, you assume he'd work his way onto the floor. Willie Hernan Gomez, the projected starter. They also have Kylo Quinn coming off the bench, trying to find minutes for him at the floor. Um, and, and, and basically, you know, the, the reality is, um, Kristaps Porzingis is, you know, his best position is the five. So um, obviously he'll play mostly four. Um, but ideally, you want to get some minutes for him at five in, in the ideal situation. So if and when or until the Knicks make a move to kind of clear that glut, um, Willie Hernan Gomez takes a hit here. There's only so many minutes to go around. Um, I, I love them, you know, coming into the season. I think he'll have a strong first month. Um, and I think Cantor will still come off the bench behind him and play the, you know, 18 to 22 minutes. You know, he played with OKC, depending on matchups, obviously. So uh, Hernan Gomez should be good for the first month. What really worries me is when um, Noah gets back and they got to divvy up those, you know, those, you know, 40 minutes a night. So when you look at the big picture, once Joe Kimelwa comes back healthy, there's a real situation there. Um, you know, how are the Knicks going to divide essentially 40 minutes at center between three players with Hernan Gomez, um, you know, Cantor, and, and Noah in the mix? It's it's going to be very difficult for Willie to maintain that production, assuming he starts off the year well, um, to, for him to maintain that production over the final few months of the season um, once they have those three guys in the mix. For sure. So uh, I guess to wrap up the front court. I'm intrigued by Cantor, um, but the way I've been drafting, if I'm going to draft a big man, uh, unless it's Robin Lopez or somebody else, that's, uh, if I'm drafting a low upside, I mean, we, we've seen Cantor. We've seen his upside. It's not that great. No defensive stats. Um, very solid for percentages, so if you're building your team that way, he's good. But it, you want to make sure you have, you basically want a big man early. Cat. Chris Stapps, Miles, uh, Gobert would be a good one. Just guys who could block shots because you're not getting that there. So yeah. um, I don't know if I don't. I'm not going to target him aggressively, but he's on my radar. Like if if he fits my team, I'll take him. But I don't think I'm going to draft Cantor. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of would co-sign that. I'm certainly not targeting him. If you're in the last late rounds of your draft and you need points and you don't need blocks and you know one of those type of things, um, he's certainly a guy I could take a flyer on. I don't love his fit in New York. Um, you know, if he got traded to a team that didn't have a starting, you know, four and five in place, and you could see a major increase in minutes, that might make sense. But I don't think that's a situation in New York. Yep. Um, okay. So let me ask. You, one of my favorite targets has been Boban. Uh, I, want, I, want, I want all day. I want the Jeremy Evan gifts to be flying all day with the stare down. Um, would, you rather, would you rather have Cantor or, or Bobes? Uh, definitely Boban. Okay. Without, without question. Yeah, I'm, I'm high on Boban as well. You know, even if he gets you know, um, 18 to 22 minutes a night, his percentages are incredible. Seven minutes. Seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just there's nothing not to like about his, you yeah. know, his per minute production. Um, and he also have if, if it went, you know, if Drummond ever went down, um, he'd be a he'd be a stud. So I'm all in on Boban as well. Okay, okay. Oh man, I didn't know that. Yes, yes. I, yeah, yeah. I, I come away with him almost every draft. Uh, so I, I guess I got to be. I, I've been kind of round eight, round nine, round ten is where I've been on him. So that's that's where if you're drafting them again, I don't I don't I I love to see a draft where I I haven't seen any mock drafts without me. Um, so I, I wonder where he goes without me. Where like twelfth round, thirteenth, like you get him pretty late. And actually, I did a draft with the CBS guys, 
and I got him last round. I was like, ah, bang. I was just like, okay, cool. Because all the Rotor World guys know that Bowman's the, the shizzle. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I think that's the, the key thing. If, 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 if you're in a, in a league where he's not coveted, he can slip really, really far. Yeah, because ESPN has him at like 600, and Yahoo has him way down there. Like He's just not on the radar unless you're really into drafting. Exactly. I mean, you gotta you gotta look. You gotta you make a point to, to search for him. Um, yep. You know, if if you're if he's if if, he, if he's not uh, on your on your radar. Yep. And shout out to the Rotorball Draft Guide. I do that for you. If you get the Draft Guide, I will show you who to scroll down for and pop them in your queue. And you need two minutes, not even, to just throw those guys in your queue, and you will crush your late rounds. Um, I'm not telling you anything else besides Mr. Bobes. Uh, okay, so who else we got? Um, one, one real quick thing about Bowman, I just wanted to look it up because it will be uh, to plug a, a column that will be posted, sleeper uh, Eastern Conference sleepers that will be posted to the site tomorrow. Um, Bobon's career per 36-minute average is 21.9 points on 57.8 shooting, 14.6 rebounds, and 1.6 blocks. Um, per basketball reference, Bobon is the first player um, to log over 250 minutes and average at least 23 points and 16 boards per 36 minutes since Will Chamberlain, 1965-66. <laughs> Boban getting his. Uh, so, not as much as Will Chamberlain uh, in more ways than one. Boban's the man. Yes, we, we want, I want him so, I, I want, he and Jamal Murray, who, okay, so we haven't had you on a pod in a while. Uh, and, and you, the last draft you and I did together, you smashed, dude. Like I was like, oh my god, Tommy killed every pick he made. Uh, so who who are your boys? Who who do you who do you find yourself really targeting? And um, just what what's your what have you, what have you come away in, in mock season here? Well, I, I read this guy Mike Gallagher, so I, I try to find <laughs> anybody he highlights. Uh, actually, Jamal Murray's the one guy I'm not as high on as you. I know you nobody know. is. Nobody is. I know. Yes, I guess. Well, I guess that's that's important to preference. Nobody <laughs> is. Um, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I do like Bobon. Bobon's one of the guys. I really like Chris Dunn. Um, he's yeah. a guy I think every draft I've ever had, I've walked away from him. I know he sucked last year. I know the percentages were horrible, especially if I'm punting percentages or in a points league, et cetera. Um, but even not, um, he can be had really late. I think he's one of those guys um, that, that's really valuable because he's going to play a ton of minutes in Chicago. They have nobody else to, to – you know, Jerry Grant's not going to steal his minutes – um, you know, so it, it's one of those situations where um, a, a highly productive player in college coming off of a bad year, you know, post-hype sleeper, so to speak, um, you know, playing major minutes for a team that has very is very limited offensively. Um, he also has a nice floor due to his, you know, steal, likely steals. Um, if he can knock down some threes, um, I think he's a, a really underrated, undervalued player. Um, so I really like him. Um, Clint Capella's a guy I think he's going to have a mm. good season. Um, Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me put you, uh, Depot. He is Mr. Fourth Round for yeah. Jonas, me, and Ryan. We're, we're like whoever of, among Jonas, me, and Ryan, and apparently you, whoever picks first fourth round gets Depot. Like <laughs> yes. that, that's pretty much the way it's been going. Um, I think if you're not with us, you could probably get him fifth. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. His upside is so high, man. Totally agree. I mean, you look at his numbers in Orlando. Um, there's a lot to like there. Uh, and like you said, Chris Dunn, if I don't get like four or five players on the Nets, the Kings, 
the Bulls, the yes. Hawks. Like yes. I'm just cleaning up on those teams, man. Someone yeah. has to break out. We really don't know. I draft a lot of Allen Crabb. Uh, Jared Allen is a contentious point between me and Ryan. We're both after him for blocks late. Um, yeah, man, again, bad teams is, is where it's at late. And that's what that's what wins your leagues, man. I mean, they, these guys got to score points. And, 100%. I like, I like Willie Cooley-Stein. Yeah, oh, I love Cooley-Stein. Bogdanovich out in Sacramento. I think he's a, a lot of people yep. sleeping on him. You can get yep. him really late. Highest paid rookie in, 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 in NBA history. Uh, so the Kings are committed. They, you know, he looked awesome in Eurobasket. Um, yeah, there's a like you said, there's uh, uh, similar to Dunn. There's if you you can especially late in drafts when 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 guys are targeting you know more big name players, you can definitely scoop some some under undervalued guys in those bad teams. We still haven't hit all the Knicks yet. We haven't talked about Neil Keeney yet. Um, where are we at? Uh, he is in competition to start. Um, Ron Baker, Sessions, and who am I forgetting? Um, uh, uh, Deshaun Jarrett Jackson. Yeah, Jarrett Jackson. Uh, right. just, just so you know, as we're on the pod, I just saw Shams tweeted that the Knicks waved Chase on Randall in order to clear room for the two guys they got oh, yep. today. Yep. And so. apparently, uh, Woj is talking about McDermott benefiting offensively. Uh, that sounds... <laughs> so I'm not going to lean on well, I love Wolf, which is, but yeah, for, for, yeah. for fantasy advice I'm, I'm probably going to click on Roll the World yeah, yeah exactly uh, RollTheWorld.com holler uh, so what else um, what are the uh, next Nick, Nick, Nick Lakina worries me from a fantasy perspective um, he has, a, he has a lot of Dante Exum to him for me like I think Dante Exum a lot when I think about drafting him yeah, I think a little bit of a player. I like his projection long term. I understand Nick fans are going to have a really tough time this season watching Dennis Smith Jr. highlights. Yeah, um, it, it's it's going to eat at them. That being said, I don't think the Nilakina pick was a terrible pick. Um, I think the kid has solid, you know, projection long term. Probably better reality player than fantasy player. Um, very good defensively, especially on the perimeter. The seven foot wingspan. Um, that, that, so it'll be useful. Um, but the kid's eight, nine, eight, the eighteen years old when they drafted him. He's nineteen years old now. Played less than fifteen minutes per game in France off the bench. Um, so to go, these European kids have you know faced tougher competition than the than the you know the NCAA kids. I get that. Um, you know Neil Akin has been playing against grown men for years now. Um, that being said, there is obviously an adjustment to the NBA, especially when you weren't logging heavy minutes. There are exceptions to the rule. Um, you know I didn't draft Porzingis nearly as much as I should have uh, for that particular reason. He's a skinny kid. Will he be able to withhold the you know the the, the beating of an 82 game NBA schedule? Um, Porzingis obviously exceeded expectations as a rookie. I'm not as confident on Neil. Kina. That being said, there's a lot of there's a lot to like there. Um, first and foremost, the Knicks have no point guard. Ramon Sessions is not a starting NBA point guard. Ron Baker is not a starting NBA point guard. Jared Jack is not a starting NBA point guard at this stage of his career. Um, so if Neil Akina can impress in, uh, in in training camp, the, the job is there for him to take. In addition, the Knicks now clearly, obviously, with Mello and OKC, are in rebuilding mode. Uh, they're all about the future. Um, they would like nothing more than to, to be wildly impressed with Neil Aquina, and maybe they feel it's best for his development to kind of throw him in the deep end of the pool and let him play 25 minutes a night as the starter and try to guard Kyrie Irving and, and, and Russell Westbrook's of the world um, and, and kind of get his feet wet that way. Um, and he's also a quality shooter. He's a guy, uh, you know, shot 
uh, over 50% from distance in, in a, a lot of his European tournament. Shot around right around 41% um, in the French A-League last season. Um, obviously in, in limited minutes, so it's a small sample size. Um, but if you watch the kid shoot, um, he has a real solid form, a good stroke. Um, there's a lot to like there. So um, all things being considered, I, I go back and forth, um, but I would be hesitant to overly commit to him simply for the fact um, that uh, I would I would think his you know best for his long term development is to kind of bring him along so slowly. Um, we'll see how the Nick coaching staff feels about that um, uh, going forward. So I think he's one of those guys that and there there'll be plenty of these type of players. Really very very interested to see how um, how he's used in preseason and also how he acquits himself in preseason. Um, if he can impress and, and lock you know significant minutes, um, it certainly would he could he could be a guy that could really climb up. Um, rankings uh, over the next couple of weeks. For sure. So we really have a t- one last thing. Small forward. We haven't really talked about that. Um, Michael Beasley, McDermott, like Coos. Yeah, I was going to say Coos. Coos is going to get some minutes there. Who do you want there? I mean, Michael Beasley is, quote, your favorite player's favorite player, <laughs> which is one of the best quotes of the offseason. It um, might be the best. It's, 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 it's the leader of the clubhouse, the best quote of the year. Yeah, know. it really is. It really yeah. is. Um, and yeah, trying to, trying to, like this, oh, the NBA, oh my god, ah, I just get tingly thinking about how awesome the NBA is. Um, Beasley? What? What? Would you, would you, would you take the plunge on that? Any, any chance, yeah, but you, if you can draft a walking bucket, you gotta consider it, right? Right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just worried about the clock. If the Knicks had traded Mello for a point guard and a, and a center, I'd love Beasley. Um, but the fact that they brought McDermott back, um, and yet you have to think they can they can sign McDermott to an extension before uh, October 16th, before the start of the regular season. I think that's extremely unlikely. Um, they're going to give uh, McDermott a, a long look during the season, so they're obviously going to want to give him minutes um, and then see if they want to retain him uh, as a free agent next summer. Um, so they're going to give him plenty of playing time to see what they have. Obviously, they gave up Melo, and he's one of the you know he's probably you know you could argue you know the you know one of the the, the, the main they only got three pieces back, and, and Kander's not great, and the other one's a second round pick. Um, so it's certainly, um, you know, Scott Perry, Nick's GM, Scott Perry and, and president Steve Mills have a vested interest in making McDermott look as good as possible. Um, so they certainly hope that he impresses. So they're going to give him plenty of playing time to try to prove, um, cause he came into the league as obviously a, a highly acclaimed shooter out of Creighton. Um, so we'll see how, how that plays itself out. But yeah, long story short, I think with, um, you know, McDermott, Bees, and Kuz all splitting minutes there. Uh, Kuzmingas is a, is a guy, a veteran that, that's ready to play and can contribute. Um, I don't see any of them really wowing and, and, and blowing uh, you know, the competition away and securing a starting spot in 30 minutes a night. So um, I think they're all interesting late-round flyers. I, I would probably rank them McDermott and, or Bees. You know, so McDermott slash Bees and then Kuz a distant third. Um, but I'm not sure if I feel comfortable taking either of those two guys, um, you know, uh, even late. Yeah, terms. marketing, Crab, Jared Allen. I'd rather take those Much guys. rather those guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I just got to wrap this up on is, dude, is this the craziest offseason? Again, and by the way, no coaches were fired. Yes. Um, so no coaches were fired, and we're going through all this crazy stuff, man. Like, it, it, I, I'm, I'm trying to – and Ryan and I talked about – TJ Ford, and uh, just, like, we were talking about like all these old players, right. uh, and like it's just like this is so so crazy. I can't I can't wrap my head around this. Like, it's 
for us who are NBA fans for 20, 30 years, like I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen an offseason like this one. I, you know, not not only in no coaches fired themselves, no coach has been fired since the start of last season. I yeah. think it's the first time in NBA history that's yep. happened. Yep. Um, but, but to your point, yeah, it's, I mean, listen, uh, Carmelo Anthony's on the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, we were just doing the blurbs and he's going <laughs> yeah. to change. You know, that, that's bizarre. That's crazy. Yeah. We got Westbrook, Westbrook, PG-13, and, and, and Melo. How about the Pelicans? Rondo, Holiday, Davis and Boogie as your as your first four, and what are they seventh, eighth? Are, are they going to make the playoffs? I don't know. Yeah, playoffs, you know, it's, that's crazy. There's like I don't. I'm not doing a damn thing for like early October. I'm just like watching basketball and just how, oh my god, how bad is the East? How bad is the East? Yeah, that's the other. Oh. It, I, oh my god! Of, of the top scorers in the in the in the uh, in the league last year, how many are in the West right now? Yeah, I mean the, yeah, amount, the amount of talent is sucked in that conference. It's flip. crazy, bizarre. Uh, and the, the Boston it kept their oh Eastern Conference. Well, it's the opening night, Kyrie. What am I gonna What am I gonna do? What are we gonna do, man? What? How do we do this? I don't even know. Like, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. Like, I need. To, <laughs> I need to take. We need to take like two days to prepare to just be ready. Like, yes, yeah, I'm not yes. a meditative guy, but I need to apparently. <laughs> I'm not ready for yes. this. I may do some meditation and sleep for like two straight days before that that Tuesday night at eight. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm getting tingly, man. We still got a <laughs> uh, 30 day or 29 days, man. Oh my god. Oh, oh, training media days next week. Training camp. Oh yes, baby. Oh, we're here. Oh, it's a Christmas. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, thanks. This is amazing. Uh, I love. This is one of my favorite pods for sure. Um, crushed. Um, you guys will be uh, crushing your drafts for sure. Um, so you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thanks so much, man, for coming on. This is amazing. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, buddy. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.